Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 9. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I want to read something to you, talking about the wisdom of this world that doesn't make sense. The wisdom of the world doesn't make sense. I love this country. I'm a patriot. Y'all know I spent 13 years in the military, so, you know, I love this country, although some things that we do in America are just stupid. And uh, I don't know. (laughs) Amen. All right. Only in America, listen, only in America can a pizza get to your house faster than an ambulance. Isn't that true? When I read this, I was like, things that make you go, hmm, that's really true. Only in America is there handicapped parking space in front of a skating rink. (laughs) True. Only in America, people order a double cheeseburger, large fries, and a Diet Coke. Let the church say amen. You know that's right. Only in America, banks leave both doors wide open and chain pins to the counter. Oh, You don't think about this stuff, do you? You don't think about this stuff, okay? Only in America do we leave our cars worth thousands of dollars in the driveway and fill the garage with junk. Only in America... Do we use answering machines to screen calls and have call waiting so we won't miss a call from someone we didn't want to talk to in the first place? Amen. Only in America, we buy hot dog packages of 10 and buns and packages of eight. I will never understand that. My mother worked for a hot dog company. I will never, I remember packages of eight and the hot dog buns are packages of 10. Only in America do we use the word politics to describe the process so well. Poly in Latin means many and tick means blood sucking creatures. (laughs) (laughs) Only in America do we have drive up ATMs with instructions in braille. Think about it. It's true. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 9. <laughs> 2 Samuel chapter 9. If you need a Bible, of course you need a Bible. We're in Bible study. And uh, take your Bibles. Turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 9. Listen, I want you to get your pen ready tonight. Get your pad and get your heart. 2 Samuel chapter 9. And... If you were with us last week, you know in chapter 8, under David's leadership, Israel is occupying Jerusalem for the first time in a long time. Things are going great. 
Israel is experiencing unprecedented prosperity. The land was to flow with milk and honey, is flowing with milk and honey on every level, materially and spiritually. You also know that Israel was surrounded by their enemies. We talked about that. Enemies on every side. Were you with me last week? Enemies on every side. The Philistines are on the west, Syrians to the north, the Moabites to the east, the Edomites to, to the south. And we talked about the enemy just kept creeping in and kept taking more land and more land. So chapter 8, look at it, chapter 8, verse 1, 2 Samuel chapter 8, verse 1, David launched a preemptive strike against the Philistines. David attacked the Philistines and subdued them. And this is the first time in the nation of Israel that they subdued the Philistines. You know the Philistines were a brutal war machine. And so this is the first time that Israel subdued the Philistines. David took the city of Gath. You, who's from Gath? Huh? Y'all saying it too tentative. Goliath. There you go. Goliath is from the city of Gath. And David took that city out of the control of the Philistines. So that's a really big deal. And then we talked about last week how he defeated the Moabites and, and, or Moab, and then he measured them off with a line. Remember, the tall guys were killed and the short guys were allowed to live. And I told you that all the short guys were happy to be short that day, right? Because they were allowed to live. David then, we talked about, moves north. He took back some territory from King Hadadezer and all the land that God had promised Abraham from Egypt to the great rivers Euphrates. Under David's leadership, Israel went from 6,000 square miles to 60,000 square miles. David defeated the king of Zobah. King Hadadezer and all the gold, shields of gold that David took. He brought them back to Jerusalem and David acquired mass wealth from the neighboring countries. Look at chapter 8, right around verse 10. The king of Hamath bought David gold and silver and bronze in verse 11. And David dedicated all the gifts he received from the nations to the Lord. And I told you last week, we talked about last week, that David wasn't allowed to build the temple because he was a man of war. And that David, the interesting thing is that David didn't get bitter because he couldn't build a temple. And David didn't get angry or resentful. David helped prepare his son to build the temple by giving to the building project. And First Chronicles chapter 29 tells us that David gave more than $100 million of his own money to the building temple. And then in 1 Kings chapter 10, it tells us, by the time Solomon begins to build the temple, there is so much gold in Jerusalem that they counted silver as rocks. They counted silver as worthless, as rocks. Well, then in verse 15 of chapter 8, David, the Bible tells us in verse 15, he reigned over all Israel and David administered judgment and justice to all his people, which is another reason why David is uh, was a great king. So tonight, we come to 2 Samuel uh, chapter 9. And I told you on Sunday, I tell you again tonight, this is my favorite chapter of all of the chapters, I think even in, in the Old Testament. I even, might even venture to say even in the Old Testament. This is my absolute favorite. And I think arguably, um, it's many people's favorite chapter uh, to some, maybe even in the Bible. Now, barring uh, 
what Jesus has done, barring, uh, you know, the understanding of, of, of Jesus in the New Testament. Barring that, absolutely, 2 Samuel is absolutely my favorite. It's the story of David and a, and a man or a young man named Mephibosheth. I'll tell you more. Love this chapter. Uh, happy to be teaching it tonight. 2 Samuel chapter 9. Saints, if you're looking at verse 1, I need you to say amen. Now David said, is there still anyone who is left of the house of Saul that I might show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when he had called him to David, the king said to him, are you Ziba? And he said, at your service. And then the king said, is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness, the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, there's still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. So the king said to him, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, indeed, he is in the house of Mercur, the son of Amuel in Lodabar. Underline that. And then King David sent and brought him out of the house of Mercur, the son of Amuel from Lodabar. Now, when Mephibosheth, in verse 6, are y'all with me tonight? When Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face prostrate to prostrate himself before David. And then, said, and then David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, here's your servant. And so David said in verse 7, Do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and will restore to you all the land of Saul and your grandfather, and you shall eat. You might want to underline this last part. And I will restore to you all the land of Saul and your grandfather, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table for a month. Continually. Well, then he bowed himself in verse 8 and said, What is your servant that you look upon such a dead dog as I? And the king called Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given to your master's son all that belonged to Saul and to all his house. You, therefore, and your sons and your servants shall work the land for him, for Mephibosheth. And you shall bring in the harvest that your master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread at my table always. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. And Ziba, then Ziba said to the king, according to all that my lord the king has commanded his servants, so will your servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table, underline this, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all who dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually at the king's table, and he was lame in both his feet. This is a real story of rags to riches. A real story of rags to riches. Now, you know, we talked about uh, last week, David has prosecuted war against every threat, and now... He, he's on the throne, and the throne is secure. 
And he's conquered many territories. He's expanded the kingdom, as I mentioned, and the kingdom is at the peak of his of its reign. And David is at the peak of his reign. David has had unbelievable wealth and influence and money at this time. So much money, as I mentioned, he donated uh, $100 million to the temple project. Now, although David had money, listen, David was successful. He secured the throne. He has money. He has everything in this life that you might think is important. David was lonely at this time. You know, somebody once said it's, kind of, it's lonely at the top. It kind of is. It's, it's, that's kind of true. And David is lonely at this time. Looking at the expanse of the kingdom and all that has happened, he probably thought, I wish Jonathan was here to see this. So David begins to think about his best friend, Jonathan, who was dead. Now, you know, Jonathan and David, if you've been with us in Samuel, you know, Jonathan and David were as close as brothers can be. Uh, David was closer to Jonathan than anyone else. Jonathan was like a brother, a loyal and faithful friend. Earlier, Saul had been trying to kill David. You know the story. So David has been on the run had been on the run, and he had been hiding from, from Jonathan's uh, father, Saul. But before David went into hiding, Jonathan said, David, I need you to do me a favor. He said, David, I need you to promise me that if you outlive me, you will show kindness to my family forever. I want you to make me that promise. And David made that promise. So David is in a time of rest here in chapter 9. And he begins to remember his promise that he made to Jonathan. So David calls this guy named Zeba. Zeba means plantation. I don't know why that applies to the story, but that's his name. Zeba means plantation. So David asks Zeba, is there a member of Saul's family still alive that he can show kindness to and keep his promise to Jonathan? And Zeba said, well, there's this guy by the name of Mephibosheth, Jonathan's son. He is lame in both feet. David said, where is he? And Ziba said that he's living in Lodabar. And David immediately sent for him in Lodabar. Now, here's where I want you to take some notes. Five things that we're going, I'm going to talk to you about concerning Mephibosheth. Five things I want to talk to you about concerning Mephibosheth. First of all, let's talk about his name. Mephibosheth's name means shameful one. Shameful one. You remember, or do you remember, 2 Samuel chapter 4, Saul and Jonathan died on Mount Gilboa. And when Saul and Jonathan died on Mount Gilboa, there was a woman who was taking care of Mephibosheth, Jonathan's son. And when she heard that Jonathan and Saul are dead, um, she got scared. And she snatched the boy up and she began to run. At that time, the Bible tells us in 2 Samuel chapter 4 that Mephibosheth is five years old. So she's running because she knows the potential heir of the previous dynasty will kill Whoever is of that previous dynasty as they come to the throne. She knows that. Everyone knows that. So she snatches up the boy and she's running. And while she's running, she tripped and she fell and she dropped Mephibosheth and broke both his legs. Now, let me get all Dr. Phil on you for a second. All right. 
Think about it like this. This is very, very traumatic. First of all, for a five-year-old to hear that kind of war going on, and, and that's, that's the thought of this today, as a matter of fact. I'm just driving along, and I'm thinking, you know what? That's, that's pretty traumatic. I mean, a five-year-old hearing the wars going on, hearing that my grandfather and my dad are both dead, and they're never coming back, and maybe he's lost them. He's five years old. Keep that in mind. So this is traumatic psychologically and physically and emotionally and, and, and it's traumatizing. Keep in mind, in those days, there are no doctors. He broke both his feet. There are no doctors. There's, there's no orthopedic surgeons. There's no cast. There's no uh, pain meds. There's no mommy kisses to make it better. So this little boy has been dropped and crippled for his life. His name means shameful. Number two. Mephibosheth was missing the best. Write that down. Mephibosheth was missing the best. Look at verse 4. Look at verse 4. Notice when they found Mephibosheth years later, he is living in where, saints? Lodabar. Lodabar is east of the Jordan River. It was a city in the midst of barrenness. Lodabar means no pasture. This is very important. This is very key to the story. It means no pasture. It means no greenery. Desolate. Lodabar is down. You always refer to Lodabar as down. You're down in Lodabar. Just like I told you when you're talking about Jerusalem, you always refer to Jerusalem as what? Up. I don't care if you're up above the city of Jerusalem. You still refer to Jerusalem as up. Well, Lodabar, likewise, is always referred to as down. It was down in Lodabar that Mephibosheth lost his rank and prestige. It was down in Lodabar that Mephibosheth lost his reputation and respectability. It was down in Lodabar that Mephibosheth lost his superiority and self-will. Mephibosheth went from living in the palace to barrenness. Mephibosheth went from prince to servant, from powerful to afraid, cripple and living in a place of barrenness. I see, listen, I see Mephibosheth. I was going to say I see a little Mephibosheth in all of us, but I see actually Mephibosheth in all of us. As a matter of fact, I see Mephibosheth in all of mankind because the Bible teaches when you came into the world, when we came in the world, we came in the world fallen, stay with me, saints, fallen and crippled by sin, by sin nature. We came in the world lame and barren in our nature. Romans 3.23 tells us we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. You know, you, know, you know, we get the privilege, I get the privilege, we pastors, we get the privilege to go to the hospital, somebody has a baby, and this is the, the fun part of ministry, where someone has a baby, and you go to the hospital, and, and you, actually the pastor is probably the one that sees the baby, oftentimes before the grandparents, many times. Before the grandparents, it's, it's a blessing. You get to go there and you see the baby and mom is, you know, 
doesn't want you to come in, but she does want you to come in. She doesn't want you to come in because her makeup's not on. Her hair looks crazy. The pastor's coming in, although she does want you to come in because she wants you to pray for the baby and pray for her. She needs prayer. So you go in, and that's okay. It's all right. Everything's fine. And she's holding the baby, and the baby's a cute little baby. I mean, honestly, all babies, like, at three hours old are cute. Amen. Now, we're going to leave that right there, all right? Let the church say amen. We'll leave that right there. I said at three hours old, they are all cute. I didn't say three weeks or three months or three years or even 30. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. So the cute little baby, you look at the mom and the cute little baby, and the baby has a cute little nose and beautiful little baby. That baby comes in the world, listen, that baby hasn't done anything to anybody. But the reality is, the Bible says that baby is a sinner and needs Jesus. Amen. Some of y'all parents need to learn to say that. Don't say, Johnny, you're getting time out. Say, Johnny, you're a sinner and you need Jesus. And you don't do what I tell you to do, you're going to meet him real fast. Hallelujah. Yes, but they, but 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 they, but, they, but they need Jesus. They they, they have a, we have a, we're born. The point is, we're born in the world with a sin nature. That baby in all of its cuteness needs Jesus. That baby in all of its cuteness came in the world crippled and unable to walk like Mephibosheth. And a greater than David calls us to himself. In some way, we're all crippled and in despair and living in Lodabar, aren't we? Some are crippled by the death of a loved one. Some are crippled by disease. Some are crippled by the things of your past. Some are crippled by past bad relationships. Some people are crippled by unforgiveness. Do you understand that unforgiveness cripples you? Unforgiveness doesn't cripple the person that you're holding the unforgiveness toward. Oftentimes they don't even know you got a problem. Because you never said anything. It happens to me all the time. People leave the church. I go, what you leave the church for? They had a problem with me. I'm, why? You didn't say anything. Say something. <laughs> Look, at least give me an opportunity to ask for forgiveness if I'm wrong. And if, and if, and if I'm not wrong, Hallelujah. Pray for the pastor. Pray for the pastor. Just pray for the pastor. Unforgiveness will cripple you. Some are crippled by not walking with the Lord like they should. Now I'm talking to somebody now. Crippled by not walking with the Lord as you should. Jesus is calling you out of Lodabar today. The Bible says Jesus has set us free. John 8. 36 memory verse to whom the son sets free is what saints free indeed God's calling you out of loader bar and freedom his name he's missing the best and number three Mephibosheth would have perished without David's help look at verse four and five in your Bibles, David finds out where Mephibosheth is he sends for him he brings him out of loader bar did you hear me he brings them out of Lodabar. This lame, crippled, broken person is called by the king. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us. Y'all need to stay with me. 
by his grace and by his mercy, Jesus called us out of the world. And because he called us out of the world, we now walk worthy according to because of his grace. It's because of his grace that we walk. This is what I wait while you clap your hands. This is what this is what I was telling the lady today. I was telling the lady today. She was asking me about my life and I began to tell her about my life and where God has brought me from. And I told her about the church and she's, oh man, that's, that's awesome. That's amazing. And I tried to help her to understand that anything good in this life of mine has been brought to you by Jesus Christ. <laughs> Not my own. I had nothing to do with it. I'm telling the lady about, you know, that, that I used to do drugs when I was nine years old. I'm telling her that God set me free when I was 21 years old. I'm telling her that God has allowed me to travel the world with gospel in hand to preach the gospel to many, many nations of people. I'm telling her of the work that we did in India and, and, and the work that, and, and the travels in, in Africa. And she's, she's just amazed. And I told her, I'm amazed too. But I wanted her to understand that that is the grace of God. I'm not qualified in the world's definition of qualifications to be doing what I do. People ask me all the time, what seminary did you go to? They ask me all the time. I tell them UHS, you know. I tell them UHS. They go, UHS? I've never heard of it. Never heard of UHS. I go, University of the Holy Spirit. God taught me everything I know. Never been to seminary. Never. Never, never been to seminary. God taught me. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.